is going to get worse. Details coming up with the special edition of the Doc Washburn Show. Welcome to the Doc Washburn Show. We push back against the Uniparty and Deep State and let you in on the news that traditional talk radio is all too often afraid to talk about. We're unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you'd like to support what we do, go to our website, docwashburn.com. Click on the button that says Become a Patron. Also, please remember to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode. And make sure you check out our new conservative sports podcast, Red Pill Sports with my friend Donnie Copeland, which drops Tuesday evenings at 11 p.m. Central. Okay, never forget what Tucker Carlson said on the Chief Nerd podcast a few months before Fox took him off the air. He said, the revelation that's changed my life is that the media are part of the control apparatus. Their job is not to inform you. They are working for the small group of people who actually run the world. They are their servants. They are their praetorian guard, and we should treat them with maximum contempt because they have earned it. Now, I don't know if you've seen his uh, third episode, Tucker on Twitter, but he's talking about all news anchors now. And again, he does not exempt the so-called straight news anchors on Fox News, so you just know where that's coming from. Okay, now, on a previous episode of the Doc Washburn Show, you may have heard me talk about ABC News Good Morning America's George Stephanopoulos, his interview with Sam Bankman-Fried, young fellow who was the CEO of the cryptocurrency firm FTX, which went bankrupt. Sam Bankman-Fried allegedly swindled some very wealthy people out of untold billions of dollars, billions with a B. The interview George Stepan all of us did with him was last November. Now, George says you had something like um, $32 billion as recently as last summer, which, by the way, Stephanopoulos was not guessing on that when he brought it up to Sam Bankman-Fried. His research staff gave him the right number. All other media had the same number, $32 billion. The FTX, under the leadership of Sam Bankman-Fried, had last summer. But Bankman-Fried responded, no, it's actually more like $20 billion. So Stephanopoulos is like, oh, okay, $20 billion. So how much do they have now? Sam Bankman-Fried says, well, I only have $100,000 left in the bank. So Stephanopoulos is like, wow, I can't imagine what it's like to go from $20 billion down to just $100,000. So it comes out a few weeks later that, of course, Sam Bankman-Fried still had millions. But Stephanopoulos didn't want you to know that. At no point when that came out a few weeks later did he go on Good Morning America and say, I can't believe this guy lied to me. Oh, no, 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 no. You see, Sam Bankman-Fried and his parents are all big Democrat donors, and George Stephanopoulos wanted to make this alleged world-class swindler look like a good guy. And, of course, he wants Good Morning America viewers to never question the propaganda they are spoon-fed from ABC News, Good Morning America, every day. And you would be amazed how many people never question when they watch something like Good Morning America every day or the Today Show 
on NBC or the CBS morning news show, or they watch the evening news on one of these networks, they really believe that these people are telling them the truth. They're not shading anything. Now, the time when I was talking about this interview that Stephanopoulos did with Sam Bankman-Fried, I tried to remind you that he would never give the benefit of the doubt to a Republican on anything. And I went back and actually found some, uh, some clips of him just trying to savage Republicans instead of doing a fair, balanced, even-handed interview. So now we have another example. Last Friday, one of Donald Trump's attorney, a guy named uh, Jim Trusty, was on Good Morning America with George Stephanopoulos. That's Friday morning. By the way, hat tip to the Gateway Pundit for the transcript, but we have the, uh, the audio for you also. Now, Stephanopoulos started his inquisition by trying to get Trump's attorney, this Jim Trusty guy, to agree to the premise that Trump had committed crimes. But Trusty did not fall for the host's trap, and he completely turned the tables on him by pointing out the actual serious crimes that were committed by Joe Biden. So, George Steffi Stephanopoulos said, don't you believe in the principle that no one is above the law. And here is Trump attorney Jim Trustee's response. No person is below the law. That's really the issue here. I mean, you've got these investigations in Delaware that are a thousand times more serious by a sitting president who has authorized his DOJ to try to sink the candidacy of his prime opposition while that guy has unsecured documents that he stole out of a skiff dozens of years ago. So, look, you know, we're not talking. Well, see, that's not what Stephanopoulos was expecting. I mean, he was practically apoplectic. That's where he freaked out and interrupted saying, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? That is a ridiculous statement. Because, of course, Good Morning America viewers had never heard any of this on ABC News' Good Morning America, and Stephanopoulos wanted to keep it that way. Of course, he knew exactly what Jim Trustee was talking about. But Stephanopoulos is in the club. So Jim Trustee, Trump's attorney, responded. <laughs> nice try. There's an issue that anyone that reads any newspapers would agree is a parallel track, which is the Delaware document scandal of Joe Biden, where there's a special counsel, Rob Herr, that's investigating it. You know that there were documents that were sensitive, that were marked classified, found in a garage near a Corvette that made their way through Chinatown, through the Penn Biden Center. There's 1,850 boxes that have never been fully looked at at University of Delaware. You have the ultimate 
unclean hands of a current sitting president who had no declassification, had none of the protections of President Trump, and who literally had to have stolen stuff from a skiff. Even Dick Durbin has commented about how this was an outrageous possession of classified material by Vice President at that point, Joe Biden. So that's what we're talking about. You can scoff and act like there's nothing to it, but the whole country knows the basic notion of unequal treatment and fairness, and that's what's at issue with this prosecution. Okay, I have one quibble here. I wish the whole country knew that. I guarantee you very few Democrats know that. But, you know, that's, uh, I guess it goes with territory. A lot of people think that everybody knows what they know. I wish. Anyway, George Stephanopoulos whined in response. I think it's certainly what is at issue. We will see how it plays out because I don't think you have any evidence to back up any of the charges you just made. He's lying and he knows it, but he gets paid well a lot. He knows that's not true. Remember, George Stephanopoulos used to work for Bill Clinton. It's not like ABC News hired him because they were under any illusions he was an actual journalist. Remember, Tucker Carlson was right. He and his ilk have earned our contempt. Now... The Senate Judiciary Committee have recently done a hearing with Deputy Director of the FBI and also the U.S. Assistant Attorney General for the National Security Division, Mr. Abate or Abate, depending upon how you want to say it, FBI and Matthew Olson. DOJ. So we're going to have some uh, some audio coming up from that because some Republican senators really acquitted themselves well. Now, I know what you're thinking already. Yeah, nothing will come up from it. Why don't they do something? Well, you're probably right because nothing tends to ever come from it. But as far as why don't they do something, I always ask people, when they say about a Republican U.S. senator, when are you going to do something? I always ask, well, what do you want him to do? Well, he needs to impeach. No, impeachment begins in the House. There's absolutely, positively, not a thing a Republican U.S. senator can do to get an impeachment going. That's number one. Number two, I have to... uh, Remind people about this a lot, but um, just because you impeach a president or another person in office doesn't mean that you kick that person out. Now, I know you're probably sitting there thinking, duh, what do you think, I'm stupid, I don't know that? No, you probably do know that, but... Plenty of people had no idea that impeachment means you lost the vote in the House and then you have to go to the Senate and stand to trial, even though it was just done to Trump twice recently and Bill Clinton back in the late 90s. And you got to have 67 senators in this in the U.S. Senate to vote to convict you to kick you out of office. Now, 
Why millions of people don't know that, I don't know. You probably do. But you hear people all the time saying, oh, you shouldn't impeach Biden because look who's waiting in the wings, Kamala Harris. As if impeaching means he gets kicked out of office. That's not how it works, and I apologize for insulting your intelligence, but there might be somebody listening who doesn't realize the difference between impeaching and being convicted in the Senate. 67 votes. And see, you're never going to get Democrats in the U.S. Senate to vote to impeach, to vote to convict of impeachment, a Democrat president. Not going to happen. Back in the impeachment process on Bill Clinton back in the late 90s, I think it was 98, Senator Dale Bumpers of Arkansas, his home state, took to the floor and gave a speech just excoriating Bill Clinton for his bad behavior, for the stuff he had done. Just ripped him and ripped him and ripped him and then voted not to convict. Now, I want to take you to Mike Davis. Now, Mike Davis has been on the show before. He was a law clerk for Justice Gorsuch. He was also chief counsel for judicial nominations and the U.S. Senate Judiciary Committee when the Republicans were in charge and Chuck Grassley was the chairman. And Mike Davis is reminding us what Joe Biden said about Trump on December 9th, 2022. Here's the quote from Biden. Well, we just have to demonstrate that he will not take power by if we if he does run. I'm making sure he, under legitimate efforts of our Constitution, does not become the next president again. So, again, obviously, the prosecution of Trump, it's a political indictment. Biden can say, I haven't talked to Merrick Garland all he wants to. I don't have anything to do with it. But Biden is a liar. Now, Mike Davis reminds us, number one, Biden had his White House deputy counsel, Jonathan Sue, waive President Trump's claim of executive privilege, leading to the unprecedented raid in August and resulting indictment now. Number two, Biden's Attorney General Merrick Garland personally approved the Trump indictment. Number three, Garland indicted Trump the day after Congress learned the FBI has had evidence since 2017 that then-Vice President Biden and his son Hunter took a $10 million foreign bribe and changed U.S. policy. Okay? Now, in response to all this, Jackie Heinrich over at Fox... decides to, uh, she needs to give some context. So she said, context. This was the day after the midterms responding to question on how to reassure world leaders Trump would not return to power. The indictment was from a grand jury, a process that did not involve White House, and a conviction would not prevent Trump from winning the presidency. To which Mike Davis also gave 
some context. He said, number one, Biden had his, oh, oh, okay, I'm sorry. (laughs) This is so funny. Mike Davis is repeating what he'd already said about Biden having his White House deputy counsel waive President Trump's claim of executive privilege, which set up the unprecedented raid of Mar-a-Lago, Biden's AG personally approving the Trump indictment, Um, Garland indicting Trump the day after Congress learned the FBI has been sitting on evidence of $10 million foreign bribe since 2017, Hunter and Joe. And so then I responded myself to Mike Davis saying, isn't isn't Jackie Heinrich uh, that... uh, one of the liberal reporters at Fox that Tucker Carlson wanted fired? And yes, indeed, she certainly is. And she's still there and Tucker isn't. Which ought to tell you something. Now, Mike Davis also says, if Biden's indictment of Trump is so strong, why are so many Democrats panicked about the judge? In this case, Judge Eileen Cannon down there in South Florida. Answer, they know Jack Smith's legal theory is weak. In 2016, the Supreme Court, U.S. Supreme Court, reversed former Virginia Governor Bob McDonald's conviction eight to nothing after Jack Smith's weak legal theory. Got it? Okay, now, Christina Layla over at the Gateway Pundit has a developing story. DOJ must respond to complaint filed by the attorney for Trump's valet. I guess valet is a British pronunciation, valet over here. Alleging that a prosecutor from the DOJ tried to bribe him in exchange for client's testimony against Trump. The DOJ must respond to a complaint filed under seal in the D.C. court by Stanley Woodward, the lawyer for indicted Trump aide Walt Nauta, alleging prosecutorial misconduct. DOJ prosecutor Jay Bratt tried to bribe Walt Nauta's lawyer, Stanley Woodward, in order to get his client to testify against Trump. Bratt brought up Woodward's application for a judgeship and suggested it would be blocked unless he forced his client to testify against Trump. According to Real Clear Investigations journalist Paul Sperry, the DOJ must now respond to a complaint filed under seal related to the attempted bribe. Paul Sperry, over at Real Clear Investigations, says DOJ must respond to a complaint filed under Well, it's the same thing. Now, in case you're aware that President Trump hasn't been indicted, but you didn't realize somebody else was, his aide, Walt Nauta, N-A-U-T-A, was indicted by the Florida grand jury, hearing evidence in Jack Smith's classified documents case. According to the indictment, Walt Nauta was told to move boxes after the former president 
received a subpoena in May for classified documents. Walt Nada is a former White House employee, Navy veteran, who worked a valet for Trump and served as a personal staffer at Mar-a-Lago. According to the federal indictment reviewed by the Gateway Pundit, Nada was charged along with Trump in counts 32, 33, 35, 36, and 43. Charges include conspiracy, withholding a document or record, corruptly concealing a document or record, concealing a document in a federal investigation, and scheme to conceal. Walt Nada has also been charged alone, count 38, false statements and misrepresentations. According to the UK Guardian, Biden's DOJ tried to bribe Walt Nada's lawyer in exchange for testimony against Trump. And, of course, Trump is going nuts about that on Truth Social, and rightly so. So we got a lot to talk about. The, 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 the Trump indictment, totally politicized, totally corrupt, and the, the corruption on, on Biden also, for that matter. Um, did you know that the founder of Burisma, the oil company in Ukraine that put Hunter Biden and several other people on, on their payroll, this guy is who allegedly bribed Joe and Hunter is actually a Russian asset himself? Do you have any idea? Oh, it it gets crazy. Let me just tell you, it gets crazy. we got a lot more coming right up on the Doc Washburn Show. If you've tried to buy a car recently, you realize you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Auto comes in. Red River Auto is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online, and they'll drive it to you no matter where you are. Red River Auto wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. Red River Auto Group has perfected the online buying process. Just go to redriverauto.com and pick from hundreds of new and used vehicles. You can purchase a vehicle online if you have any questions. One of Red River's trained experts will help you through the whole process. Red River Auto makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom. The dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door no matter where you live in the continental U.S., RedRiverAuto.com. You'll be glad you did. I want to tell you about the best-kept secret in American healthcare. Are you having problems with sinuses and allergies? Are you experiencing dizziness, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar, fibromyalgia, eczema, psoriasis, migraines? The Arkansas Upper Cervical Center might be able to help you. Let me tell you how. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas or C1, which only weighs 2 ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain. When that happens, your central nervous system isn't able to communicate with the rest of your body as it's designed to do. I had severe hay fever 
for five or six weeks every spring all my life and migraines year-round. When I got my atlas adjusted, the hay fever went away and the migraines went away for good. Whatever malady you're suffering from, do yourself a favor. Call my friends at the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, 501-279-2009, for a free consultation. They've helped so many people I know. Please call them to see if they can help you. That number for your free consultation is 501-279-2009. If you're outside Central Arkansas, go to their website, turnmypoweron.com. Click on the tab that says find a doctor near you, and I sure hope you can. You want to drop your big liberal cell phone carrier? Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless carrier, is a perfect solution. Patriot Mobile has exceptional nationwide coverage and uses the same towers the main carriers use. Patriot Mobile guarantees your coverage. Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget, along with great discounts for our veteran and first responder heroes, as well as multi-line users. And switching to Patriot Mobile usually only takes 15 to 20 minutes. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you shift your support from the leftist progressive agendas of Big Mobile to the Christian conservative causes of Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile donates a portion of every dollar earned to organizations that fight for causes you care about. A portion of every dollar they earn is given back to the causes that support organizations that fight for First Amendment religious freedom, freedom of speech, Second Amendment right to bear arms, sanctity of life, and the needs of our veterans and first responders. Now more than ever, it's important to band together and support companies that share our conservative values. Switching is easy. Just do what I did. Go to PatriotMobile.com. Or call their U.S.-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. Make sure you use promo code DOC, that's D-O-C, for free activation. All right, Jennifer Von Lahr over at Red State has a story exclusive. Burisma founder Mikola Zlochevsky, who allegedly bribed Joe and Hunter Biden, is an SVR asset. SVR is Russia's Foreign Intelligence Service. Burisma Holdings founder Mikola Zlochevsky, who allegedly paid a total of $10 million in bribes to Joe and Hunter Biden 2015-2016 in exchange for then-Vice President Joe Biden's assistance in getting Ukrainian prosecutor Viktor Shokin fired. Remember? Biden bragged about that openly. This guy in charge of Burisma is believed to be an asset of Russia's Foreign Intelligence Service, SVR, by the U.S. intelligence community, according to a national security source, speaking to Red State on condition of anonymity. The official said the U.S. intelligence community has a high degree of confidence in their assessment of Zloshevsky as SVR. This is not a new assessment. The intelligence community under Obama knew this, and Obama was briefed on it. Joe Biden and Victoria Newland were briefed as well. No, don't get me started about Victoria Newland. She never saw a war she didn't like, in my humble opinion, and you're entitled to it. In a June 2021 Red State exclusive story about the defection of Chinese counterintelligence official Dong Jingwei, it was reported that among the terabytes of data Jingwei brought with him to the U.S. was information related to details of meetings U.S. government officials had perhaps unwittingly with Chinese spies and members of Russia's SVR. It was revealed by Senator Chuck Grassley on Monday that the foreign national mentioned in an FD-1023 form by a confidential human source 
not only claimed to have bribed Hunter and Biden, but possessed a total of 17 audio recordings of his conversations with them about the arrangement. He created the recordings as sort of an insurance policy. It was not clear whether the FBI had copies of the audio recordings. But Senator Chuck Grassley sure did talk about it. And we've got more about that coming up. And members of the Senate Judiciary Committee certainly did try to get FBI and DOJ to talk about it under oath, but they're unwilling. Okay, somebody named Elena Treen, political reporter over at CNN, out there on Twitter saying the FBI is willing to allow the full House Oversight Committee to review an internal document that House Republicans have threatened to hold FBI Director Christopher Wray in contempt over, according to sources familiar with the decision. Now, the oversight project at Heritage Foundation responded, unfortunately, the FBI was able to play off the discrepancy between comments Speaker McCarthy made that a committee in camera review would save off a contempt vote versus Chairman Comer saying only custody of the document would stave off the contempt vote. Congress needs to get this document and win. And then a follow-up five days later from the Oversight Project. The McCarthy-Ray agreement to drop the previously scheduled contempt of Congress vote against Director Ray in exchange for an in-camera review of a highly redacted but unclassified document has been rendered moot by today's news from Senator Chuck Grassley. It appears the FBI acted in bad faith by unnecessarily redacting bombshell allegations contained in the documents reviewed by members of the GOP Oversight Committee. Or should I say GOP members of the Oversight Committee in the House. June 12th, Oversight Project said today's news revealed that there are allegedly audio tapes of Joe Biden and Hunter Biden participating in the bribery scheme. Congress should put contempt back on the table if they're not provided full and unredacted custody of all documents. And here's what Director Ray is looking at if held in contempt of Congress. 2 U.S. Code 192, a fine of not more than $1,000 nor less than 100 an imprisonment in a common jail for not less than one month nor more than 12 months. See, but they never follow that up, unfortunately. I mean, they, they held Eric Holder in contempt. And what, what did that accomplish? It was the right thing to do. But what did that, I mean, do you have to have the DOJ's, uh, Cooperation? That's what I'm asking. So, Grassley, buddy, 
he uh he laid it all out there. And a lot of people were shocked. Because Grassley is not the kind of guy who just, you know, likes to shoot his mouth off. If he says it, he can back it up. So One American News' uh, Daniel Baldwin, Monday, July, uh, Monday, June 12, 2023, had the story. Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley asserted the foreign national who allegedly paid Joe Biden and Hunter Biden kept 17 audio tapes of their conversations as insurance policy. Here's what Grassley said. The 1023 produced to that House committee redacted reference that the foreign national who allegedly bribed Joe and Hunter Biden allegedly has audio recordings of his conversations with them, 17 total recordings. Mike Davis, president and founder of the Article 3 Project, said, I worked for Senator Grassley a couple of times in my career. He is the king of oversight. He's been the king of oversight for decades. If Grassley says that something is there, you can take it to the bank. Now, according to a whistleblower, an FBI-generated FD-1023 form dated in 2020 explains a $5 million criminal bribery scheme between then-Vice President Joe Biden and a foreign national. Davis, former chief counsel for nominations for the Senate Judiciary Committee under Grassley, as I mentioned earlier, emphasized the credibility of the FBI whistleblower. He said, this whistleblower is a very credible FBI informant who has been a credible FBI informant for 10 years, and the FBI has paid $200,000. So it's kind of a head-scratcher. Why nothing has been done about this since the FBI has had this evidence since 2017. Oh, I know, I know. Oh, pick me, pick me. Waving me out my arm. They're all about protecting the bad guys and going after the good guys. That's what's up. You know that's true. Grassley explained on the Senate floor that the form contains a redacted reference that the foreign national, reportedly a Burisma executive, holds 15 audio tapes of phone calls between himself and Hunter Biden. The Iowa senator also says the executive has two recordings of himself and then Vice President Joe Biden. Mike Davis said that is clear foreign bribery, a clear change in U.S. policy. Georgia Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene previously told One American News she believed the establishment has been working overtime to protect the 46th president from these investigations. She said they're protecting Joe Biden, who we absolutely know for a fact, based on the FD 1023 form that I read, got paid $5 million. Hunter Biden got paid $5 million, and Joe Biden got paid $5 million separately by the oligarch that owns Burisma. Mike Davis says, says that despite this bombshell revelation, there are multiple questions that need to be answered. He said, and a reprise from what he said earlier, it's kind of a head-scratcher why nothing has been done about this since the FBI has had this evidence since 2017. The biggest head-scratcher of all of this is the fact that Biden 
and Garland had Jack Smith indict President Trump the day after this damning evidence came out. Former President Trump, of course, was indicted by special counsel Jack Smith on 37 felony counts, including the retention of national defense information. Mike Davis says he does not think it was coincidence. The indictment was used as a method to distract Americans from this Biden bombshell. He said, there's no question that when my former boss, Senator Chuck Grassley from Iowa and House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer had the FBI cornered with contempt that Garland greenlighted this indictment of Trump to distract and deflect. Again, that's from One American News. Now, they're a real news channel, a real cable news channel. You know, you talk about not worrying about fear or favor, that's who these guys are, which is why they keep getting kicked off of cable news systems, which is, it's a crying shame. It's outrageous. So Mike Davis, again out there on Twitter, and it's a picture of uh, the jet that Trump flies in, and all these black SUVs um, pulling up to it. He says, look at the level of Secret Service protection President Trump receives. Do you really think someone is going to break into the office of former president and steal his presidential records he was allowed to have under the Presidential Records Act? Contrast this with former Vice President Biden, who had five stashes of stolen classified records in several unguarded locations for years, moved several times, accessible to their Chinese agents, and potentially, likely, used for the Biden family's corrupt foreign dealings. That's true. Congresswoman Lauren Boebert. See, because we got to talk about something besides Trump and Biden. So i got to throw this in. Because it's also very important. Congresswoman Lauren Boebert says, looks like the J.P. Morgan Chase lawsuit with the victims of Jeffrey Epstein has been settled. They, of course, put out a vague statement condemning Epstein's disgusting crimes, but no details were released. Still, you know what bothers me the most about all this? Yes, Galen Maxwell has been convicted of trafficking kids, but to whom? Nobody? We still want that list. Okay, I mentioned earlier Tucker Carlson's uh, third episode, Tucker on Twitter. The great Peachy Keenan says, Tucker quotes Mike Pompeo, who lies that Trump's boxes of declassified documents endangered lives when literally every other president in the modern era except Trump sent young men to their deaths for mostly fake reasons. Trump saved more soldiers' lives and limbs than any other American politician since, like President Taft, your enlisted sons were safer under Donald J. Trump, but they are no longer. That's a shame. Okay, now, the great Curtis Houck, managing editor of Newsbusters, with a screenshot from CNN, he says, CNN again has Andrew McCabe as a star panelist 
on its Trump coverage, CNN really doesn't care that you know McCabe is corrupt and partisan. Having him on as a middle finger to you, the viewer, that they don't care what you think. In response, independent journalist Glenn Greenwald says, James Clapper got caught lying to the Senate, CNN, then hired him. Adam Kinzinger got caught spreading multiple disinformation campaigns about Ukraine, CNN, then hired him. Andrew McCabe was fired from the FBI for lying to the FBI about leaking, CNN, then hired him. How can anyone take seriously CNN's claim that it exists to combat disinformation when it constantly hires known proven liars? Because the core function of the U.S. corporate media is to lie to advance establishment institutions of power. It's a requirement for the job. And that's true. No two ways about it, man. Now, coming up, we got to explain some stuff. You know that the indictment of Trump is dastardly. You know it's politicized. But in case you have the back of your mind thinking, well, you know, he might have inadvertently broken some law or whatever, but, you know, it's, it's not like others haven't. I'm going to show you how he didn't even break any laws. I'm going to show you how perverse and politicized this indictment, this prosecution is. And then also some great audio of Republicans trying to hold FBI and DOJ's feet to the fire. we got a lot coming up, still to come, on the Doc Washburn Show. Mike Lindell says because of your amazing support for MyPillow 2.0, he's expanded MyPillow's USA manufacturing and jobs. So he's clearing out his percale bed sheets by giving them to you at closeout prices. King size percale bed sheets, only $39 a set. Queen size, only $35 a set. Full size, $29 and twin size, just $25. Use promo code DWS to take advantage of this once in a lifetime offer. Right now, Mike's biggest My Slippers closeout sale ever is on. Get Mike's all season My Slippers and Sandals at clearance prices. Mike's all season Moccasin Slippers are just $25. Mike's My Slippers Sandals are just $19.50. They're both made with Mike's patented impact gel that absorbs and relieves pressure so you can comfortably wear them all day long. Just use promo code DWS for huge discounts. Remember, DWS stands for Doc Washburn Show. MyPillow.com. Quantities are extremely limited at these amazing prices, so please order now. Just use promo code DWS. You know, the great Ronald Reagan once said, inflation is as violent as a mugger, as frightening as an armed robber, and as deadly as a hitman. Have you thought about the benefits of investing in precious metals? Here are five profound benefits. Number one, investing in precious metals is a hedge against inflation. Number two, it's a great way to diversify your portfolio. Number three, asset liquidity. Number four, precious metals tend to be a store of value. They don't tend to depreciate over the long haul. And last but not least, number five, precious metals can be a hedge against geopolitical uncertainty and the struggling U.S. dollar. 
Andrew Sorcini with Beverly Hills Precious Metals has been involved in gold and silver for over 40 years. Beverly Hills Precious Metals brings precious metals to the homes of everyday American citizens. Mike Flynn told us about them, and they are our gold buyer of choice. To find out more, just Google Beverly Hills Precious Metals. Make sure you ask about the General Mike Flynn Silver Coin and tell them Doc Washburn sent you. Beverly Hills Precious Metals helps folks protect their finances, wealth, and investments. Let me ask you something. Why continue shopping big box stores if you can get the items you need from a family-owned company? Now you can get around this crazy inflation by shopping factory direct at a family-owned, made-in-America manufacturer. Americans are walking away from the big box conglomerates and deciding to buy only USA. Join with fellow patriots to cut off the cash flow of the big woke corporations that are trying to destroy our country. These products include fresh American-raised beef, raised in the Montana mountains near Yellowstone. This beef is known as never ever. Never has the animal ever been exposed to antibiotics, hormones, or vaccines. This prime or high-choice beef is shipped directly to your door. Pricing and availability is exclusive only to our members and isn't shipped anywhere else in the world. Let's start voting with our dollars to make sure our purchases are supporting companies that promote freedom. Email us at buyonlyusa at proton.me, and I'll have one of my guys contact you. Buyonlyusa at proton.me. All right. Let's take a look at Wall Street Journal, the opinion column. guy named Michael Bekisha. And I can almost promise you I'm mispronouncing that name. His op-ed is entitled, Trump's Boxes and Clinton's Sock Drawer. Subtitle, A President Chooses What Records to Return or Keep and the National Archives Can't Do Anything About It. Well, here's, here's the deal. He says, although the indictment against Donald Trump doesn't cite the Presidential Records Act, the charges are predicated on the law. The indictment came about only because the government thought Mr. Trump took records that didn't belong to him and the government raided his house to find any such records. Well, I, I got to dispute that. I think the raid of his house was because he's got crossfire hurricane records that are just very, very damaging. To Barack Hussein Obama, Joseph Robinette Biden, and Hillary Rodden Clinton. But anyway, he continues. This should never have happened. The Presidential Records Act allows a president to decide what records to return and what records to keep at the end of his presidency. And the National Archives and Records Administration can't do anything about it. He says, I know because I'm the lawyer who lost the Clinton sock drawer case. In 2009... Historian Taylor Branch published a book called The Clinton Tapes, Wrestling History with the President. The book is is based on recordings of Mr. Branch's 79 meetings with Bill Clinton between January 20th, 1993 and January 20th, 2001. According to Mr. Branch, the audio tapes preserved not only Mr. Clinton's thoughts on issues he faced while president, but also some actual events such as phone conversations. Among them were 
Mr. Clinton calling several U.S. senators and trying to persuade them to vote against an amendment by Senator John McCain requiring the immediate withdrawal of troops from Somalia. Also, Mr. Clinton's side of a phone call with Democrat Congressman William Natcher of Kentucky in which the president explained that his reasoning for joining the North American Free Trade Agreement was based on technical forecasts in his presidential briefings. And Mr. Clinton's side of phone conversation with Secretary of State Warren Christopher about a diplomatic impasse over Bosnia. Not to mention, Mr. Clinton seeking advice from Taylor Branch on pending foreign policy decisions such as military involvement in Haiti and possibly easing the embargo of Cuba. Now, the White House made the audio tapes. Nancy Hernreich, then Director of Oval Office Operations, set up the meetings between Clinton and Branch and was involved in the logistics of the recordings. Did that make them presidential records? The National Archives and Records Administration was never given the recordings. As Taylor Branch tells it, Clinton hid them in his sock drawer to keep them away from the public and took them with him when he left office. The writer here says, My organization, Judicial Watch, sent a Freedom of Information Act request to NARA, that is National Archives and Records Administration, NARA is the uh, abbreviation, for the audio tapes, sent them a FOIA. The agency responded that the tapes were Mr. Clinton's personal records, and therefore not subject to the Presidential Records Act or the Freedom of Information Act. We sued in federal court and asked the judge to declare the audio tapes to be presidential records, and because they weren't currently in NARA's possession, compel the government to get them. In defending NARA, the Justice Department argued that NARA doesn't have a duty to engage in a never-ending search for potential presidential records that weren't provided to NARA by the president at the end of his term. Nor, the department asserted, does the Presidential Records Act require NARA to appropriate potential presidential records forcibly. The government's position was that Congress had decided that the president, and the president alone, decides what is a presidential record and what isn't. He may take with him whatever records he chooses at the end of his term. Judge Amy Berman Jackson agreed, saying, since the president is completely entrusted with the management and even the disposal of presidential records during his time in office, it would be difficult for this court to conclude that Congress intended that he would have less authority to do what he pleases with what he considers to be his personal records. Judge Jackson added that the Presidential Records Act contains no provision obligating or even permitting the archivist to assume control over records that the president categorized and filed separately as personal records. At the conclusion of the president's term, the archivist only assumes responsibility for the presidential records. Presidential Records Act does not confer any mandatory or even discretionary authority on the archivist to classify records. Under the statute, this responsibility is left solely to the president. So the guy writing this op-ed in Wall Street Journal says, I lost 
because Judge Jackson concluded the government's hands were tied. Mr. Clinton took the tapes, and no one could do anything about it. He says, the same is true with Mr. Trump, although he didn't keep his records in his sock drawer. He gathered newspapers, press clippings, letters, notes, cards, photographs, documents, and other materials in cardboard boxes. Then, Mr. Trump, like Mr. Clinton, took those boxes with him when he left office. As of noon on January 20th, 2021, whatever remained at the White House was presidential records. Whatever was taken by Mr. Trump wasn't. That was the position of the Justice Department in 2010 and the ruling by Judge Amy Jackson in 2012. He says a decade later, the government should never have gone searching for potential presidential records, nor should it have forcibly taken records from Mr. Trump. The government should lose U.S. versus Trump If the courts decide otherwise, I want those Clinton tapes. Wow. Have you heard about this? That's Michael Bekesha, and he is senior counsel at Judicial Watch. And that's in the Wall Street Journal. Anybody tell you about this? I mean, this is this is nuts. Now, the great Christina Wong, reporter over at Breitbart, says FBI Deputy Director Paul Abate admitted Tuesday the FBI redacted mention of audio recordings of Joe Hunter Biden in a document shown last week to Republican lawmakers in which an FBI informant alleged the Bidens were involved in a bribery scheme. By the way, the document is unclassified. Now then, Speaking of which, I think that it is my duty to play you some of this stuff that was going on in that Senate Judiciary Committee hearing on Tuesday. Because we had some uh, Republican senators who acquitted themselves quite well. Let's start with uh, Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee. Mr. Abadi, I want to come to you because Tennesseans are incredibly concerned about the politicization of the FBI. And they have watched the FBI target parents, people of faith people with conservative values. And I am often asked, what group is going to be next? And how did we get to this to this point? Because they have watched the FBI, under your leadership, draw their guns on a pro-life advocate. That was stunning to them. That was done in front of his wife and children. They have labeled parents interested in education is domestic terrorist and all parents should be interested and are interested in their children's education they watched uh, the raid on a former president and a political opponent on his home 
And these have confirmed their worst worst fears, that there are indeed two tiers of justice, and that there is a political cabal within the FBI that sees it that way. Because when Hillary Clinton mishandled information and she wiped her email server with a tool called BleachBit and then beat the mobile devices with a hammer and destroyed those SIM cards, you all basically said there's nothing to see here. There is nothing to question. And when President Biden mishandled classified documents, there was no raid on his home or on his offices. But you see how President Trump has been handled with this. So it looks like the old playbook of distract and deflect. Now, remember, George Stephanopoulos is like, what are you talking about? That's crazy. See, the mainstream media is not going to give me any of this. I don't know what talk radio is doing because I don't have time to listen to talk radio anymore. But we give it to you here. And the American people have a right to be concerned about this. Now, I want to talk about Senator Grassley's information from yesterday. Because when the FBI produced the document that you referred to earlier uh, relating to the Biden bribery allegations, and you gave that to House Oversight, you all redacted any reference to the fact that the foreign national who allegedly bribed Joe and Hunter Biden had those 17 audio voice recordings. So, first of all, why did you redact that part of the information? Senator, uh, Senator first, um, as I said before, your assertion, or anyone who makes the assertion that the FBI is politicized, I reject it wholeheartedly. It's wrong. You're a liar. You get paid really well a lie, but you know what? We know you're lying, and you know you're lying. And we know you know you're lying, and you know that we know you're lying. And yet, to quote the great Alexander Solzhenitsyn, you keep lying anyway. And it is not true. The world. Oh, yes, it is. Oh, yes, it is. And books are being written about it. We do. Okay, Mr. Abate, and let me ask you this. You said in your response to Senator Cruz that you and the FBI do your job to the best of your ability. So why don't you tell me what your job is? Is it to defend and shield Joe Biden, or is your job to protect this country and the Constitution of the United States? Which is it? The job of the FBI is to protect the country keep people safe and uphold the constitution of our great country period that's what we work to do every day objectively there are not two standards of justice there is only one another lie bald face lie and you know it's a lie you know it's a lie you should be ashamed of yourself oh my goodness it's applied equally to each and, and every by person. Perception, there are two standards, very clear standards of justice in this country. We see it every single day. The American people see this every single day. They look at you and they see a politicized entity that is weaponizing an agency of the federal government against the American people. 
That is not the FBI that I see, Senator. That is not the FBI. You see, there are a lot of good people that work for the FBI, but you have a political cabal there. I'm not so sure about that. I don't know how many good people work at the FBI. How could they remain there? That's what I want to know. If they're good, how could they put up with all this? It's a, it's a cliche. Oh, yeah, most of the, most of the agents in the field are, are good folks. I'm just having a hard time seeing the uh, evidence of that. So why did you decide to conceal the information in that revelation to the House Oversight Committee? Why did you redact all of that re- uh, pertaining to the phone calls? We have exceptional people within the... In You're not the, answering yeah, the, the question. Best. Why did you redact that information? And they work relentlessly every day to keep this country safe You chose not to, to reveal people, that the period. calls were there. And Senator Grassley found it out anyway. Is that accurate? With regard to the you chose document... To reta- you chose to redact it, yes or no? We often redact documents to protect... So you chose to redact the the fact that there are 17 voice recordings, two of those with the now president. You chose to redact that and not to give that to House Oversight. I have no idea if there are voice recordings or not. What I will tell you with respect to the document, the document was redacted to protect the source, as everyone knows, well, then, and this well, is a question of life My death, time has expired, but uh, I think it would be helpful if when you came before us, if you were willing to answer the questions, it would help to remove the perception that the American people have, because this is what they see. They see you do it every day, and that is politicizing the FBI and using it against the American people who don't happen to be named Biden, Clinton, or one of the elites. Thank you, Mr. Chair. And that's what's up. She spoke the truth and he lied. And it doesn't get any more clear than that. I'm telling you, it's outrageous. But wait. But wait, there's more. Josh Hawley. Out of Missouri, former Attorney General of the State of Missouri. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Mr. Abadi, let me just stay with you. You just started to answer Senator Blackburn's question that not releasing the 1023 or talking about it as a matter of life and death. Question of life and death, you said. Explain. It is potentially a question of life and death for whom? With regard to the source of the information. So, okay, so now we've confirmed that the document exists. That's progress because the FBI director initially denied that it exists. Why did he do that? We, we have already and previously acknowledged the existence of the documents. Yeah, after you first denied it. Now, when a member of this committee read it, right, the FBI director, let's just get the record straight. The FBI director initially said it doesn't exist. Then Senator Grassley said, I've read it. Then he said, oh, okay, well, gotcha. I guess it does exist. Now you're going back and forth with members of this committee, what's in it. Why do you just release it? Is it classified? The document is not classified. Okay. Will you commit to releasing it? Senator, we'll take that back, and we will work with you in this committee. Uh, How about just a yes or no? Will you commit to releasing this unclassified document that alleges that the President of the United States 
The president of the United States has taken $5 million or more in bribes from a foreign nation. The document has already been released pursuant to a subpoena to the House Oversight Committee. Has it been released to this committee? We work with this committee within the parameters that are established to meet Will you release the document to the public? It's unclassified. Don't you think the American people have a right to see it? Uh, Senator, the document, as you know, contains sensitive information that has bearing on the life of the source of the information, potentially. You can redact the source's name. We do this all the time. In some instances, Senator, and I know you know this, that is not sufficient to protect people. And that's what we strive and work to do each and every day. And I hope you would take that seriously, too. Oh, I take it very seriously. But I also take seriously the fact that your institution has repeatedly abused its authority, has repeatedly targeted political opponents. The nerve of this guy. Oh, I hope you take it seriously, too. What a jerk. Your institution is the one that went to the door of pro-life protesters with SWAT teams. That's right. To try and intimidate people because of their speech. Your institution is the one that treated parents as domestic terrorists because of their speech. Your institution is the one that, according to the court, the FISA court, ran 278,000 unwarranted, probably illegal queries on Americans, right? That was your institution, correct? There, the, with respect to the compliance incidents, yes, some of the other things you cited, we can take them one by one. They are not compliance. You, you would characterize the unlawful querying 278,000 times of American citizens as compliance issues? We've said before, I've said that they're totally unacceptable. Who's been fired for it? Individuals involved uh, are handled through the disciplinary process. Who's been fired for it? We have, there in, the, in the case of the uh, unintentional instance where something similar happened, we have fired people in the past. Wait, I, I'm sorry. What, what, what does that word salad mean? The unintentional instance where something, what, what does that mean? Who's been fired for the 278,000 times that you improperly or illegally queried the database for American citizens? When we Anybody? Find, when we find intentional incidents... Were you saying that the 278,000 queries were unintentional? I believe that's correct. Wow. 278,000 times American citizens' information was queried by your agency unintentionally? That's your testimony? I would want to go back and check that, Senator. Uh, but well, that's what you my just told me. My understanding is that the vast majority... Of well, wait, the, that's different. You just said it was. You just said it was unintentional. Now it's the vast majority. Which is it? Do you know? I would want to go back and check it. So you don't know. My understanding is that likely all are were unintentional. Likely in, all. So first nature. it was all of them. Then it was vast majority. Now it's likely all. So you don't know is the answer to the question. I don't know the answer as we sit here today, but I will Could find started out. started with that probably. Who was fired for the lies to the FISA court for the Carter Page warrant? Who, who, who was fired for that? Anybody? Has anybody been held accountable for your institution deliberately lying to a FISA court to get a wiretap on an ongoing presidential campaign? There is an ongoing disciplinary process with respect to individuals involved in that. Here's the deal. You're back in front of us asking for the reauthorization of extraordinary authorities. Multiple courts have uncovered extraordinary abuses perpetrated by your agency. You are at the same time concealing information 
about serious allegations made against the President of the United States, even as your institution also targets his chief political opponent in an unprecedented way. Why would we ever give you the blank check that you want to continue surveilling American citizens in an improper manner? Why would we ever do that? Senator, we're here to talk about reforms today. I did get confirmation that the query... No, we're not. We're here to talk about the reauthorization of Section 702. Why would we reauthorize it, given your track record of abuse and illegal improper surveillance and political targeting? Why would we do that? Why would it be appropriate for this body to do that? We've made significant reforms and implemented corrective measures. We've seen significant progress as a result of that, Senator. The... uh, so you queries say. that you mentioned early were, in fact, unintentional. That's what I was just told by my counterpart. That, that is an amazing. The earliest question. The earliest question. So your testimony is the 280,000 queries of American citizens was unintentional. That's your final answer? That's how they were assessed by that team that did the review. I'm not satisfied with that. That's yeah, why I we've that implemented further measures, as I announced earlier today. Yeah, I, I, I don't believe that at all. And frankly, we've heard from your agency a thousand times that you're going to do better, will do better. You promised after the abuses of Title I you'd do better. And then we find out that in the meantime, you're illegal query, illegally querying 280,000 American citizens' data. It's just it's unbelievable, frankly. Everything you say is unbelievable. That's right. That's a polite way of saying you're lying. And you know you're lying. Oh, but you haven't heard anything yet. Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz is in the on-deck circle. Here we go. I hope you're ready. Gentlemen, every day when I'm home in Texas, I hear from Texans who are deeply dismayed about the growing politicization and weaponization of the Department of Justice and the FBI. If you are not, every one of you should be deeply concerned about the damage being done to the integrity of the institutions in which you operate. My office hears regularly from FBI agents and from assistant U.S. attorneys who are likewise concerned about the politicization and weaponization of the Department of Justice and the FBI, and this is profoundly damaging to the rule of law in our nation. Last month, a whistleblower brought to light the existence in the FBI of a report in FD-1023 in which the informant alleges that President Biden and his family members engaged in a $5 million bribery scheme during his time as vice president. Deputy Director Abadi, is it true that the FBI has a report making those allegations? Uh, I'm not going to comment on that, Senator. And why is that? I'm just not going to comment on uh, information we received, investigations. Do you owe an obligation to the American people to be candid about evidence of corruption by the President of the United States? This is uh, an area that I'm not going to get into with you, Senator. Well, I understand you don't want to, and that's why people are mad at the FBI, because you're stonewalling and covering up serious allegations of evidence of corruption from the president. Yesterday, Senator Chuck Grassley stood on the Senate floor and alleged that there are 17 recordings of this informant from Burisma, Ukrainian natural gas company, Fifteen of them are recordings, voice recordings of him talking to Hunter Biden. Two of them are voice recordings of him talking to Joe Biden, Deputy Director Abate. Does the FBI have 17 voice recordings laying out evidence of a bribery scheme? 
Senator, I'd add on, I would add also that uh, we've worked with the House Oversight Committee. Yeah, this is the Senate. The We're the other side of the Capitol. This is the Senate. Do you have those 17 recordings? I'm not going to comment on any investigative matters, Senator. See, that's the problem. The FBI, and I've had this conversation with Chris Ray too, this is why you are damaging the institution. The American people have a right to know whether there is serious, credible evidence that the President of the United States took a $5 million bribe. And by the way, if it's false, Chairman Durbin just rolled his eyes. If Chairman Durbin were interested in the rule of law, we would have a hearing on these allegations. But of course, the Democrats don't want a hearing on these allegations. And to be clear, if the allegations are false, you know who could disprove them? Joe Biden. He could call for this to be released publicly. But the FBI is stonewalling. That's right. And they know it. That's what this is all about. Don't give me this garbage about most of them are honest and, you know, it's not politicized. And No, they're stonewalling. This caught the guy off guard. So we got to pause here while he's trying to collect himself. Would two, you agree, two things, Senator? No sure. one's stonewalling. The 1023 you just said you refused was provided to in response to a subpoena. Okay, the then House why did you refuse to answer committee. my question? The, the pertinent information is there, and I reject your assertion that the why FBI did you refuse to answer my question? I just answered your question. Okay, so yes, you have a 1023. Do you have the 17 recordings? Yes or no? I'm not going to get further into that. So you're stonewalling. You can't say I'm not refusing to answer your question, but I won't answer your question. I'm going to answer within the parameters that we operate in. That's the problem. The FBI has right now an unlimited hubris that you believe you are unaccountable. You don't believe you're accountable to the United States Congress, and you don't believe you're accountable to the American people. And you are doing damage. The FBI is a great institution. When I go home to Texas, people ask me, should we abolish the FBI? Now, I tell them no, because you have heroes and patriots working for you that are catching child predators, that are catching terrorists. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. We got an FBI whistleblower said they were taking off of catching the child predators to go after uh, Trump and to go after conservatives. Come on, Ted. Give me a break, man. You talk a good game. But you're sitting there happily erecting a wall to protect Joe Biden. Will you provide to this committee, not the House, the Senate Judiciary Committee, will you provide the FD-1023 and will you provide the 17 recordings so we can assess what is the evidence the specific credible evidence that Joe Biden personally took a $5 million bribe from a foreign national. Senator, we will work with this committee, you and other members, to provide uh, the information within the parameters of the process. Will you provide the FD-1023, yes or no? I will take that back and we will work with our So you're not answering that. Will you provide the 17 recordings? We will take that back and we'll work with you. So you're not answering that either. Did you investigate in any way, shape, or form these allegations? Senator, once again, I'm not going to comment. So you're not going to say whether you did your job? We do our job to the very best of our ability. Well, not here. You're not answering a single question to the American people. And you may think this is esoteric. I promise you millions of Americans 
are concerned. You know who isn't concerned? Not a single Senate Democrat. We're going to go through this whole hearing. Not one Democrat will ask a question about this. You know who else isn't concerned? The corporate media who is joining with the Democrats in covering up this evidence. If Joe Biden is innocent, the evidence should be made public and demonstrate that he's innocent. But if he is not, is it true this informant who alleged that he personally took a bribe was an informant the FBI had relied upon previously in other investigations? Yes or no? Senator, in each and every uh, investigation that we have, all the work that we do, I, I ask the you expectation yes no is that every I logical ask, avenue, avenue investigation be pursued. I asked you a yes or fullest. no question. Are you going to answer it? Yeah, I'm, I'm answering your question. Was the informant one you had relied on previously in other investigations? Yes or no? Senator, we run down every piece of information. Every you're not answering it then. You're refusing to answer. So you're refusing to answer the question. To the fullest extent possible. You're refusing to answer the question. In all instances. Senator, your time is disgraceful. It's disgraceful, Deputy De- Director Abate. Disgraceful. Senator, your time has expired. And it is disgraceful. I got a couple more. I got Mike Lee. And I got Senator John Kennedy out of Louisiana. First, Mike Lee. Over the past 12 and a half years, I've raised significant concerns in hearing after hearing after hearing about FISA and the FBI's shocking disregard for Americans' constitutional rights and civil liberties. I've been given basically the same answer by FBI directors and attorneys general and other officials during three presidential administrations involving both major political parties. The answer every time is a variation more or less of the following. Just trust us. Don't worry. We've got good people, law-abiding people running this, and we've got lots and lots of procedural safeguards in place to prevent this type of abuse that you're facing here. These aren't the droids you're looking for. That's what we're told. Here again today, just uh, the last 24 hours, we got a new policy. This one, this one's finally going to fix it, you tell us. This one's going to do it. Uh, Meanwhile, what's happened? Well, in 2019, Inspector General Horowitz issued a shocking report confirming a lot of what I had feared over the years, but had found it difficult to, to, to prove. Uh, A report regarding Crossfire Hurricane, the FBI's secret surveillance of Donald Trump's 2016 presidential campaign. And then a subsequent memorandum dealing with the FBI's failure to maintain these so-called Woods Files, which a Woods File is basically the evidentiary record underlying a FISA order request in violation of FBI policy. Year after year and hearing after hearing, we hear of instances of noncompliance including the disclosure just last month that the FBI illegally surveilled 19,000 donors to a congressional campaign. Americans participating in protests in the summer of 2020. Americans who were in Washington, D.C. on January 6, 2021. And even a sitting member of Congress. Hundreds of thousands of searches of Americans' private communications and information are conducted each and every year without a probable cause warrant. Frankly, uh, without any warrant if conducted under Section 702. Now, let me be very clear. That number should not just be going down. That number should be zero. Every quote-unquote non-compliant search involving U.S. persons violates 
and American citizens' constitutional rights. And yet every year, the FBI claims that we should just trust the FBI to fix the problems internally. Well, first they tell us there are no problems. Then they tell us we will fix them because we've got good people and we've got new policies at this time. This time it's going to be different. They keep lying and they keep getting away with it. Quote the great philosopher David Byrne of the Talking Heads, same as it ever was. Only later we find out that the FBI conducted more and more illegal searches in violation of Americans' constitutional rights than the last time we addressed the issue. So it's hard not to conclude that the only thing the FBI wishes it could fix here is the possibility of getting caught. This is what I find so insufferable. This is what I find so incredibly insulting. Look, I want to echo Senator Blumenthal's point a minute ago, and I hope every American can can take note of this, this feature of this. This is unlike other court proceedings. We call it a court, and yet it doesn't have any of the trappings of an ordinary court. There is no adversarial process. We're told a moment ago by Mr. Olson that it's okay. It's okay because the FISA court has the ability to appoint an amicus anytime it feels necessary to do so. Well, why not in every case? And even if there is an amicus, what interest does the amicus have that's on par with the individuals affected? The bottom line is you collect all this data, and then after you store all that data, some of it involving communications, the content of individual individual phone calls, emails, text messages, whatever it is, the content, not just the metadata, but the content. You can do a backdoor search on that without a warrant predicated on probable cause. That is itself an affront to the Constitution. That is itself something that is always going to lead to constitutional violations, and it must stop. We've got an opportunity this year to make necessary reforms, and we must do it. Well, we've got you here, Mr. Olson uh, and Mr. Abadi. Why should we ever trust the FBI and the DOJ when it comes to this issue, Uh, uh, whether under the current administration or under future leadership? Why should we ever trust the FBI and the DOJ again to police themselves under under FISA when they've shown us repeatedly for more than a decade that they cannot be trusted to do so? Senator, thank you for uh, the question. Obviously, Section 702 is an invaluable intelligence tool. That's beyond dispute. It's also one that's very powerful and it must be used responsibly. And I I share the frustration that you express with the lack of compliance. That No, you don't. No, you don't. You still take a paycheck. It's all good. We've seen in past years from the FBI. I'm not here to defend those compliance problems. What I can tell you is that those compliance problems predate some of the very significant changes that the FBI has put in place. I will not say that... Compliance problems will be zero next year. We are not saying, as I think you mentioned, that we say we're done. This is an ongoing process. We will continue to try to improve. We will work with you and your staff and and other members of Congress to make sure that we're implementing procedures and policies, training, and other measures to continue to drive down these errors and and compliance problems. But in the end, um, the tool itself is so incredibly important to our national security that I believe that its essential effectiveness must be preserved. Mr. Abadi? 
Senator, thank you. Uh, I share your concerns as well, and I take this seriously. And with regard to the FISA 702, since I've been in this role and under the leadership of Director Ray, we've made significant changes, ones that have never been made before, and there has been a lot of progress, but we're not going to rest on our laurels. We're going to just no reason to believe these guys keep driving ahead. Um, continue to implement reforms as required, taking uh, guidance and counsel from the committee uh, and other members. With regard to Crossfire Hurricane, uh, what happened there was wholly unacceptable. Uh, we agree with the findings set forth by Inspector General Horowitz and Special Counsel Durham. We've acknowledged that in the past, and going that's 2017 and earlier that conduct occurred, not under Director Ray's leadership, or when I was in this position. We have an entirely new leadership team. We've in, implemented very strong corrective actions, the uh, poor decision-making, the grave errors of judgment, uh, the misconduct, the lack of rigor investigatively that occurred there, totally unacceptable. We reject it. Uh, we hold people accountable for that now. And everything that we've done on the work, on the mission since that time, we've worked to avoid those mistakes and apply the lessons learned of the past. And anyone we find who goes against that, they are not going to work in the FBI and they will be held accountable for that period. Great to know Congress has got to fix this problem and stop trusting the surveillance state to fix it. It can't, it won't. We know that because it hasn't. There you go. Thank you, Mike Lee. We're not going to trust the surveillance state to fix this. It can't, it won't, because it hasn't. One more. One more. Senator John Kennedy, Louisiana. Um, I guess my comments will be directed to Mr. Abate. Am I saying that right? Yes, Senator. And Mr. Olson, perhaps to all of you. Um, No fair-minded person can doubt the efficacy of, uh, of Section 702. Um, but here's the problem you've got. Just when the FBI, which I think, um, which I think is 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 the most uh, effective law enforcement agency in all of human history, just when the but people are people, and just when the FBI is has rebuilt itself after former Director Hoover. Along comes Mr. Ray's predecessor, who clearly did not understand how to exercise power, either intelligently or maturely. He decides to investigate in a public way not only one, but both candidates for president of the United States. And to do it publicly. And to leak like the Titanic. He he investigates the Republican nominee with the flimsiest of evidence that has been manufactured that he, the FBI director at that time, didn't even bother to, to, to examine. And then he turns to the Democratic nominee 
with respect to her email servers, investigates her, calls a press conference, says, well, I'm, I, I, not we, I am not going to prosecute her, but, but she needs to clean up her act. She's been negligent. And then a little time goes by and he opens up the investigation again in a public way on the Democratic nominee and says, I'm opening this up. And a few days later, he closes it down. Might have cost her to the election. And then we start having reports predictably come out after that, the Durham report, the Mueller report, the Horowitz report. And it did extraordinary damage to the FBI and, frankly, to the Department of Justice. Now, Mr. Ray... um, who I supported to replace Mr. Comey, has said he has reformed the FBI. We just don't know how. We have no idea. I don't have any idea. I do know stuff keeps happening. I mean, one of your agents that was involved in the Mr. Hunter Biden's investigation um, goes on social media, apparently for a long period of time, and trashes all Republicans. He got fired only because Senator Grassley caught him. And all this hurts you. And it makes a fair-minded American look at this and go, whoa. You know, this is enormous power you have. And it can be used for the greater good, but it also can hurt people. And we've got to come up with a way to make sure that the right people are using this 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 law enforcement tool, and that's that's the problem, you got, gentlemen. If if I were you, um, I'm. They're not interested. They're putting up with you. They're putting up with the rest. They're not interested. They they don't want to fix the corruption. It's too ingrained. I'm sorry, sir. Not. I don't have your expertise. And I thank you all for your service. But if I were you, I'd try to be coming up with a way to con- to suggest to Congress how you can check this power that you have so that the FBI and the Department of Justice and the other agencies can 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 regain their reputation. And tell us what you think. That doesn't mean we won't come with our own ideas. You know, uh, senators don't take orders. Most of them barely take suggestions. But it would be helpful to me if you would come up with your own ideas to address these concerns, not just our concerns, but the concerns of the American people. I don't want to live in a country where if the FBI knocks on your door, the first thing you have to do is wonder whether the agent is a Republican or a Democrat. And and thanks to Mr. Ray's predecessor, that's where we are, folks. I know that's a cold dish of truth, but I think that's the truth. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read your testimony. I need to learn more about this, but help us figure out this problem. Yeah, they're not going to, man. I mean, look, I, I appreciate you trying. I really do. Appreciate you trying. But they're just, just not going to. 
All right, it's that time. Hit it, Brian. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Doc Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. And it's brought to you by RedRiverAuto.com. Red River Auto is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice. The way you want to, online, have it delivered to your front door, anywhere in the continental USA, no matter where you live. Okay, today's tweet of the day is from a guy who goes by skip intro, insert check. And he's got a screenshot of somebody else's tweet. This is from back in... Well, his tweet's from 2021, and the other people are tweeting in 2018 and 2019. Somebody who goes by, as per Danielle, she says, Twitter, please never change. This is one of these multi-level tweets. It starts out with a Major League Baseball, MLB, saying tonight the Orioles became the first pro team to wear uniforms with Braille lettering. Awesome. Hashtag bigger than baseball. So somebody responded, purpose? Blind people can't see or are allowed on field to touch players' backs? And a lady responded, I think it's to raise awareness. And a guy responded, who doesn't know about blind people? And the last response made this the tweet of the day. A young lady said, deaf people probably never heard of them. Hello! That is your tweet of the day, brought to you by RedRiverAuto.com. You've been listening to episode 392 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us and we love them. If you have any questions for us, email us at contact at DocWashburnShow.com. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a Terribly Messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you'd like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansour's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansour Sempier X, Senior Vice President, Engineering, IT, and Interoperability, for the Doc Washburn Show. Well, that's the way it is. Thursday, June 15th, 2023.